All right, we know the drool. The drool? Drool. Drool. Yeah, drool like the dog. Um, How many seconds of silence? Ten, followed by a clap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sam. You're like, at a late night. <laughs> <laughs> you were concerned that I was low energy. <laughs> I'm not low energy, I'm just confused. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Sam. I'm Danielle. And this is the podcast about sharing your weird media with your friends who are just befuddled by what you're saying. I'm often befuddled by what Sam is saying. And that's not even when I'm talking about media. Oh. <laughs> uh, so Danielle, as I'm sure you're aware, we recently wrapped up our Spook Retorts month of spooky movies. Yeah, of Spooktober. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Naki already has a name that month. <laughs> So we recently wrapped up Spooky Torts, and that was an intense month for us of some of our favorite spooky media. So I figured what better way to have a palate cleanser, to have a reprieve from Spooky Torts, a shift gears towards the holiday season, than with the 2007 Disney direct-to-VHS film Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. Oh, this has been on our imaginary list for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> It's been on my imaginary list. I don't know about you. It's come up in conversation, but I still have not seen it, for better or good, worse. Good. Well, mm, gosh, that's going to be something we're going to have to determine through this episode, Danielle. <laughs> Sounds like a winner. All right. First, I'm going to send you a lightly edited summary. I removed one sentence that is a big spoiler, because why not? And it's also not that big a spoiler if you have a brain, but I still figure it'd be better to leave it off. It says, what if the slipper didn't fit? Experience the wonder and the majesty of Cinderella's classic fairy tale with a spectacular twist in Disney's all-new motion picture, Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. All capitalized. <laughs> Gus, Jacques, and all your favorite characters return in an exciting and hilarious new take on one of the most celebrated films of all time, bursting with show-stopping <laughs> music and more magic wonder, commas, and suspense than the original. Cinderella 3 is enchanting entertainment for the entire family. Thank you for giving me a summary that tells us absolutely nothing, Sam. <laughs> uh, yeah, I moved the one sentence to type up the plot because clearly this summary was not interested in giving you any useful information. <laughs> also, I gotta say, the one thing it does tell you, like what if the slipper didn't fit, that is not a plot of this movie. <laughs> really? In fact, it's about the slipper fitting too well. Uh, can't she not never take it off? <laughs> We will get there, Danielle. <laughs> Stuck underfoot forever. I'm also going to elaborate that I did not watch Cinderella 2, whatever the heck it's called, because... Send more Cinderella. Cinderella-er-year. <laughs> Cinderella-er-year, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> I did not watch it. Uh, this movie does not seem to acknowledge that other movie at all in any way, shape, or form. So I have no idea if or how they relate to each other. As far as you know, it could explain the entire plot. You're just it not aware. It doesn't, I think, because I, I did look briefly through the Wikipedia article to get the character names and a few other things, and it mentioned Cinderella 2 had a bunch of characters that do not make a reappearance in this movie. Well, then it, they must have nothing to do with it. That's my guess. It might be like a prequel or something. Who knows? Anyway, uh, I think we should just get into this, because although it is a svelte movie at something like 73 minutes... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. 
All right, let's go. Uh, we open with narration. We hear a voice saying, Do you remember the story of a girl who lived a life of cinders and found true love because she kept a beautiful dream in her heart? Of course, it helped that she had mouse friends who could sew and a fairy godmother who could do wonders with pumpkins. I'm like, yeah, no duh. Without <laughs> those things, like, this is like the people who say, I'm a self-made millionaire. All I got was a loan of $500,000 from my parents. I'm like, yeah, you're not self-made, my dude. <laughs> Cinderella is the 1%. The cinder 1%. <laughs> the cinder 1%. Yeah, okay. So uh, the narration concludes, well, that girl is me. So thank you, Cinderella, for reintroducing yourself to the audience. She has her own narration. I know. Isn't she swanky? <laughs> yeah, I know. At least she's aware that she had help. Uh, at least she's aware she has help, but she doesn't seem to think that like impacts anything. She's like, I had help, but like I deserved it. Everyone else who doesn't get that same help or luck is like just unworthy. They haven't pulled themselves up by their bootstraps enough. <laughs> It's good to know Cinderella's kind of snotty. She is like a libertarian, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a free market capitalist. <laughs> She's like an Ayn Rand of, of the mythical kingdom she lives in. <laughs> Might be the first time that sentence has ever been uttered. <laughs> I, I would love to see a, an Ayn Rand adaptation of Cinderella. <laughs> Cinderella shrugged. <laughs> Make it happen, Sam. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's just move on before we get anyone who, <laughs> who actually likes Ayn Rand writing into us. We're sorry. Don't add us. In fact, don't contact us at all if you're a big Ayn Rand fan. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> anyway, uh, then we go right into an opening song about how great her life is. She's like, oh, my life is so wonderful. Everything's great. And that she's a princess and a wife all because I finish you. And I'm like, this song reveals a lot about Cinderella's value and what her self-worth is because she mentions nothing about like her personality or like what makes her a good person. She's just, I, I got to be a princess because I finish you. That's the only qualifications I have as a human being. Well... I mean, depending on which version of Cinderella that you watch, read, whatever, like, she doesn't have a lot of connection with the prince prior to marrying him. <laughs> well, and that's my point. Even in the movie, she doesn't. <laughs> so, that's right. But just so sad that she thinks her only worth is like, yeah, I have the right size shoe. Nothing else about me is worth loving or being a princess. <laughs> so, gotta work on that self-esteem, Cinderella. And she says that all in song. Yeah, in song. Perfect. Yeah. So, it's been a year. She's goofing around with Prince Charming, who puts shoes on her again, like, during the song, because apparently that's his fetish. <laughs> I mean... That's probably true. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And who, as far as I know, does not have a name. It's Prince Charming, Sam. <laughs> that's not a name, Danielle. That's a description. <laughs> he probably has a name. No, he doesn't because I looked it up. <laughs> yeah. he, does, he does not have a name. He's not like the other ones that really do have names. You just don't hear them on screen. Like the Beast no. is Adam or whatever. <laughs> uh, he does have a... No, he doesn't have like an official name ever in any of the animated movies. Although the French Disney media uh, advertisement for the movie listed him as Henry... So I like to think Henry that he's Charming. Henry VIII. Henry VIII, I think, is a better description for the way he goes through women and has no concept of them as human beings with value. Does he go through many women in this movie? Uh, kind of, but he also just, like, does not value women as anything more than, like, props. Aww, like, he doesn't know Cinderella's so personality or anything like that. Like, oh, she's my true love because she's pretty. Does Cinderella have a personality? No. Well, then. <laughs> I mean, she does in the movie. Like, we get to know her as the audience a bit better, but the prince certainly doesn't. That's sad. Anyway, uh, it might be Henry. He also gets some other names in the live-action adaptations, but never in the cartoon. So he is... The artist who is known only as Prince. Charming. <laughs> yes. 
charming. And so they're also going to go hang out with the fairy godmother. She's like, oh, we got to go hang out with the fairy godmother. And I guess they just chill with her now. She's like a regular part of their lives. She's just like a magical thing that kind of came and then disappeared. But no, she's like she's just on her house somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're like, we got to go meet her because, you know, we have tea every Wednesday with the magic fairy godmother who apparently doesn't have anything better to do than to hang around with a person whose life she's already supposedly fixed. It's wild. Like, the first song already has my head spinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we cut to Anastasia and Drizella scrubbing pots and lamenting how their lives suck because they have to do chores. And I'm also like, kind of on their side a bit because like obviously cinderella was abused but they clearly were also failed by their mother who is like an emotionally abusive person and they don't get any help right right and so they are just like being forced into servitude by their mother who could probably afford to hire servants based on their lavish estate they maintained so it's at the house that they're doing dishes they're not like at the castle or something no they're it's like cinderella she hooked up with the prince and just like said bye never talk to you people again out well and <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of cruel, right? She's like, oh, I know that my stepmother is an abusive, horrible person. And even though my stepsisters were were terribly mean, I could probably help them by getting them out of the situation. But nope, I'm just going to leave. I got mine. Bye. Well, they were all particularly mean to her. So maybe she just can't see the the difference between her stepsisters and her stepmother. I agree, but it gets weirder in this movie, Danielle. Like, this is just like the opening salvo of a thing that tries to add weird character death to some of these characters and it just calls into question everything. <laughs> Excellent. Looking forward to it. So, like, right now, I'm like, I, I agree. Like, she got out of there, she was abused, she has nothing to these people, it's fine. But amidst the whining, Anastasia laments, why don't I get a happy ending? Where's the prince who will marry me? And I'm like, that's fair, because, like, if you're stabbed Status and comfort in a society is based solely on your looks and luck. You have grounds to complain about it. Like, Cinderella isn't the princess now because she did anything particularly good or altruistic. She wasn't helping people. She didn't earn that status. She didn't earn the love of the people. She just happened to be pretty and in the right place and have a magic godmother that helped her. So, like, yeah, I'm kind of on Anastasia's side. That is very unfair. Especially in a society that the only way to exist as a woman is to marry up. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Like your only purpose is to marry and reproduce and you have no other value in society other than like as a servant, potentially. And then like, my thought here was, I really hope this turns to a scene where Anastasia and Drizella lead a mob to overthrow the monarchy <laughs> French Revolution style, because that'd be amazing. <laughs> be such a good movie. Let's do that. <laughs> right? Like, Cinderella is now the bourgeoisie. We must overthrow <laughs> I'd be here for that story. Somebody, whoever, like, you know, has it in, let's get this story made. That's like a mashup of, like, Les Miserables with Cinderella. They're both musicals. It could work. <laughs> this is like the Cinderella we need. <laughs> where she is, like, she marries, becomes 1%, starts becoming a tire. Like, I came from nothing. Look where I am. And, like, abuse her power until her evil, quote-unquote, steps should now have to overthrow her and establish a democracy that undoes the sins of uh, a feudalist monarchy. <laughs> Perfect. It's great. We wrote it for you, Uh, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Just make it happen, Disney. We know that Disney's known for taking risks with their properties, right? (laughs) Yes, this movie's definitely coming out in 2023. (laughs) All right. So anyway, Drizella and Anastasia start to fight because siblings, I guess, and their mother bursts in going, pathetic. And they continue to fight and they spill outside. And when they separate, finally, Anastasia sees Cinderella and Charming riding happily through the fields on horses. (laughs) Just through their property for funsies. (laughs) I mean, I guess like it's public property or something, like a wheat field. I guess they don't care. They're the royal. Do whatever they want. This is the problem. This is why they're the villains of this movie. <laughs> and it says she continues to lament that there must be someone out there who will love her and that she must be worthy of love. And she's 
deserving his love as much as anyone else. And it's a very sad song. <laughs> like Anastasia in this movie is so sad and pitiable. And it's like, wow, they really did a lot of work to try to make the evil stepsister someone you would actually identify with and root for. And they just went hard for it. Like, it's not even subtle. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's it's weird. So then they cut to the fairy godmother and the mice. They set up a picnic in the park, which happened to be the one-year anniversary party for Cinderella and the prince. And they show up, and they're like, oh, yeah, yay. And Anastasia sneaks up and spies on them and overhears the fairy godmother spill the beans about how she used magic to get Cinderella to the ball. And she's like, oh, so that's how it happened. Was that unclear in the first movie? Well, I don't think that Drizella or Anastasia like knew about the fairy godmother. I guess. <laughs> they just see her appear there. They don't like see the whole song and dance and the bippity boppity boo and all that stuff. They just see her appear. Like they don't know how she got there. Maybe she stole a dress. Like they know she made her own dress. They right? see her at the ball though, and they don't recognize her. They didn't think that was weird. <laughs> they don't recognize her because she looks different. Not because they like had a magic it's spell like the on Superman them. Superman cartoon issue. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, okay. it's BS, Danielle. But it's not, it's not like they immediately go, "Ah, it must be a fairy godmother and magic." That's the most logical explanation. <laughs> I mean, in a world where fairy godmothers exist, maybe it would be one of your thought processes. I don't think it's common knowledge because otherwise Cinderella would have been like, "Oh, I could really call him fairy godmother." It just sort of happens. It's not like everyone's like, "Oh, yes, magic is the most common." Thing. There's one instance of magic in this whole movie, Danielle. I don't think you can justify your way out of this one. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I know how you love to make every movie have to make sense in the context of this. <laughs> you got to admit, this doesn't make sense. Do you like to try and logical my way out of movies? <laughs> <laughs> you do. But I'm not going to, I will not stand for it in a Disney magic movie that is a retcon of another magic okay, movie. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm backing it up. <laughs> Anastasia immediately is like, oh yeah, magic, cool, that's how she did it. And she's kind of upset by that, which again, I think is pretty justifiable given that like through no merit did Cinderella obtain the magic. She just was gifted it because she was, I guess, suffering a bit. Like there were no other peasants in this world who suffered either. Like it's a feudal system. Most peasants are suffering. It's not great. Sure, but you know, she probably, the fairy godmother probably just picked one out of a hat, Sam. You can't help all the peasants. They can't all be I know, princesses. but that's my point. That's why I think Anastasia's like, well, that's not cool. That's not how it should work. Like, we shouldn't give people status and whatever just by a lottery. <laughs> In fact, isn't there a whole, like, play about how lotteries end up bad? Pro probably, yes. <laughs> yes? <laughs> there, there may be. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, there you go. <laughs> Who knew? The crossover, you never knew you needed Cinderella and the right. lottery. <laughs> <laughs> So she like goes like, hey, and what's this an extra wand around? Uh, also, there's a great exchange in, in the in the song there because the song is still going between the prince and Cinderella. And so Prince Charming and Cinderella they sing in tandem. What could ever come between us? And Anastasia goes, I gladly volunteer. <laughs> I'm like, you go, Anastasia. You know what you want. You're willing to work for it. Unlike that lazy Cinderella. Cinderella was nice. That's why she got the. Uh, Lots oh. of people are nice. Doesn't make them saying, deserving. That's why the Anastasia didn't. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying Anastasia, like, is any more deserving than Cinderella, but, like, I am saying that this whole system is not, like, fair. This is not a meritocracy, all right? <laughs> I know it's not. Anyway, as the song ends and it reaches its crescendo, the fairy goddess, like, throws her arms up in the air, like, throws the magic wand and just lands in the woods next to Anastasia, who just picks it up. Mm -hmm. And I think the fairy godmother is very cavalier with her magic wand. <laughs> yeah, that seems kind of questionable. Was she drunk? Is that because she was like setting up the picnic? Did she like get a little tipsy? I can only assume <laughs> she's completely sloshed. <laughs> 
And so Anastasia grabs the wand and runs back to her mother and her sister. And they all go like, hey, what's that? Is that a stick? Oh, let's beat her with it. And I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm saying the abuse here is not just on Cinder. Like, yes, Cinderella was abused. But clearly, even though Drizella and Anastasia are not treated as servants, they are being abused. Well, I never so. doubted that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying their abuse is any less or any more terrible than Cinderella's, but they are still not, like, total villains, is my point. At least not according to this film. So, the evil stepmother and Drizella do not believe Anastasia, because why would they? They don't think magic's real, as I was talking about earlier, okay, Danielle. Okay, Sam, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fairy godmother sort of walks over to them, like, hey, uh... Can you give me that wand back, please? Like, you don't know what you're doing. That's very dangerous and very powerful. Just give it back to me. Uh, like, what is going on? You just sort of, you throw your magic artifact away, just like without a care. Then you just sort of wander around people like, hi, yes, I'm a magic person. Can you give my magic wand back, human beings? And because human beings are never known for hoarding power or wealth or magic. Maybe she hasn't had this issue before. Well, then she has been very lucky. But she does nothing to like conceal her identity or play it off as it's just a stick or anything. <laughs> She's like, hey, yeah, that's very magical. Please give it to me. And why would they? Why would anyone do that? <laughs> so Anastasia obviously refuses, as, as most human beings would. And then they struggle a bit over the wand, and magic starts shooting out of it as they all just start yelling bippity boppity boo left and right, which is apparently the only thing you need to do to make the wand do whatever you want. <laughs> How does Anastasia know that that's what you yell? She heard it in the song. Oh, okay, when she sorry. Was magicing together the picnic. <laughs> I forgot that yeah. songs give you the instructions for everything. They do, apparently. So they turn the cat into a half goose monster, and then the fairy godmother gets turned to stone. Yeah. Just poof, gone. Uh -oh. She's stone. <laughs> <laughs> Does she come back ever? <laughs> Maybe. We'll find out. And this all begs the question to me, if the wand does all the magic, what's the point of the fairy godmother? Yeah, if anybody can use the wand. Yeah, and all you need to say is the magic word, and the wand does whatever they say it does, and it can turn her to stone. So because she has, like, no actual power of her own, she's just a random lady who found or somehow got a hold of a magic wand and declared herself the arbiter of justice in this world. <laughs> like, I would dispense joy to certain people and not to others and i will turn animals into other animals and pumpkins into characters because i'm crazy <laughs> with power i'm assuming that's the backstory no it's wild like, she's not a magical being she just happens to have a magical artifact and has decided to use it to become it's like kind of like the ruby slippers in the wizard of oz where like the magic isn't in the person it's just whoever has the magic object so that's crazy like everything has already been done from the first movie <laughs> To be fair, they never specifically stated that the fairy godmother was magical. <laughs> yeah, but it kind of implied with the word fairy in her name. Well, maybe that was just the name she gave herself. I know, which is even crazier. <laughs> yeah, it does make it weirder. Yeah, and she gave herself wings and stuff or whatever. I, I think she had wings. Did she have wings? I don't remember. I don't think she had wigs. Am I being confused with the fairies from uh, Sleeping Beauty? They had wings. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the point is, she apparently is pointless. The magic's in the wand, and she does not matter. Now we know. It's all yep. a lie. Is Anastasia the new fairy godmother? Uh, not quite. So Anastasia is distraught. She's like, oh no, what have I done? But the wicked stepmom was like, sweet, this means revenge! Or you could just make yourself rich and go live a happy life. No, she wants revenge, Danielle, because she is not thinking straight. Revenge on her 20-year-old stepdaughter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she literally has unlimited power. She's like Jafar when he gets a hold of the lamp, but better because her infinite wishes. She has the power, and she's like, instead of using this just to set myself up for life, I'm going to squander it trying to crush my enemy who doesn't really care about me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> 
wild. So she gives this speech about calling on all the forces of the universe and then bippity boppity boo, which I guess just sounds very silly to her when she says it like in the middle of this dramatic evil speech just to say this nonsense word. That's very funny. <laughs> and then a green blast shoots into the sky as the wicked stepmother starts to chant, reverse the moon and sun, turn back the tide in time, unravel Cinderella's happily ever after to the moment my troubles began. She's got like a whole, did she like write this down? It was like in her journaling that she's been doing That's the my last question. <laughs> I'm like, she just has this locked and loaded and ready to go. Like, does, does she just like spend her time like, oh, let me think of some spells in case you ever get a magic wand, I can immediately use it against Cinderella. <laughs> July 22nd, if I were a fairy godmother, these are the spells I would use. It's absolutely insane. And also, apparently, like I said, it doesn't even matter what you say. You have to be like, I want this to happen. Bippity boppity boo. And it happens. Like, there are no rules for this magic wand. It's crazy. It's wild. So a bunch of swirly green light fills the screen with scenes of clocks running backwards and Cinderella, the first movie, played kind of backwards with the prince and Cinderella being split up and back to the very point when the shoe fitting is happening from the first Cinderella. Like when they are, when she, when he finds her. When the Grand Duke is bringing the shoe to the castle, right. or to, to the manor house to like put it on them and Cinderella's locked upstairs and tries to get out with the help of her mouse friends. Because somehow that was the only way that he was going to be able to figure out what the person, because oh, he had oh. no idea what the person looked like that he's with all Daniel, the time. I go into that in a great depth later in this movie because <laughs> it is a pivotal plot point and I have so much to say about it. <laughs> I just it. don't understand. I've never, it made more sense when it was a masquerade ball. It doesn't make sense when it's not. doesn't make any sense. I hate it. <laughs> All right, we'll get there. So this time when they try to put the shoe on Anastasia, it's somehow even like more comically smaller than her foot than it was in the original. Uh-huh. Like it barely fits on her big toe. And either her feet are <laughs> giant clown feet, like I don't know, Sideshow Bob or something, or Cinderella's feet are like tiny doll feet. It's insane. It's crazy. It's absolutely grotesque. There's a lot of Cronenbergian-esque body horror in this movie, which I'll get to. <laughs> But the wicked stepmother uses the wand, and she doesn't actually say anything. She just, like, I don't know if she whispers, bippity-boppity-boo, she just flicks the wand. I, I sort of lost track because I was so, like, mesmerized by the body <laughs> horror in the scene. But, like, she just shoots the uh, wand at the shoe, and it suddenly grows and fits over the foot. Magic. Yeah, it just magics it so it's like, oh, it fits. And so Anastasia's declared the bride-to-be, which just highlights how stupid a means of bride determination the shoe fitting is. I mean, yes, always. Since the dawn, the 1600s or whatever, when the story was originally written. <laughs> Absolutely ludicrous. And again, we'll get to that. The movie even tries to address it, but like in the most half-assed way. <laughs> so as the sisters leave, Cinderella comes down because like it's her time. This is when she would have bust in and be like, oh, my turn to put the shoe on. But she's met by the wicked stepmother. Cinderella's like, yo, that's my slipper. I danced with the prince. Here's the other slipper to prove it. And the wicked stepmother says, you may have danced with him. And he even thought it was love, but this shoe fits Anastasia, so she's marrying him. Uh, screw you. And then she smashes a slipper. <laughs> Ouch. Which again is like wild. So Cinderella is left alone in this massive mansion, which is like not a bad deal, right? Yeah. Like considering she now like if her family were to leave and marry the French, she would then inherit all this fortune. Does, so they, uh, was that was originally her dad's house, right? Yeah, exactly. So does she just get it? Does those lady going to sell it? Like, what happens with the house? I, I don't think they would care. I mean, if they're all going to marry the prince, like, they'd just be like, who cares what she does with it? I don't, I'm done. Nothing that Cinderella does matters to us anymore. Interesting. That'd be my assumption. Like, if I was them, be like, who cares about one manor when I have the whole castle here and, and everything, right? Does she remember that she used to be married to the prince? No. Okay. At least, I don't think so. It's unclear. 
So she just has, magically has this whole house to herself, which, like you said, not a bad deal, necessarily. Considering, like, she only had one dance with the prince, one dance in one evening, and that does not, like, whatever, despite what this movie posits, I do not believe that's what makes love and a relationship. <laughs> Sam, it was love at first sight. Come on. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, the mouse Gus is like, what happened? And we get Cinderella singing about how sad she is that her one dance didn't turn into a happily ever after. She's like, oh, it should have been mine. Everything could have been for me. Like, she's very entitled in this. <laughs> and the mouse is like, and Gus is like, hey, uh, the other mouse, Jacques, I think, actually, is like, hey, why don't you just go to the prince and like, tell him you're the real bride. Like, you're the real one who danced with them. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Except is it? Because apparently the prince does not know one person from another. Well, like, and I say here, it's like, I think she should try because if the prince doesn't recognize her after spending the whole night with her, then probably you're better off. You've dodged a bullet But there. his entire thing was like, let's just go around town and try this on every person that has like different hair colors that looks completely different than the person I danced with. I'm sure we'll find her. Look, I am seriously concerned. I, I honestly think that the prince might have brain damage or concussion because of this. Like, because he doesn't make any sense. He has that, that right. thing where he can't, uh, I forget what it's called, where you can't face tell people's, blindness. yeah, the face blindness. I, I mentioned that later because, again, this keeps coming up. I have to assume that's, that's what happens. All right. So Cinderella decides, okay, and goes to the castle with the mice in her pocket. And they spot some guards, and Gus offers to fight them. <laughs> then Cinderella just like, nah, we'll go to the servant's entrance, which works. And she just, like, smiles at a cheesemonger and, like, is handed a wheel of cheese to go take inside of the castle. So, <laughs> you know, top-notch security here at this castle. <laughs> I don't care about the servant, Sam. <laughs> No. I'm like, this castle is definitely ripe for a guillotine party. Bring back that revolution. <laughs> well, I mean, that was probably going to happen at some point in the next hundred years there. <laughs> this does take place ostensibly in France, like Beauty and the Beast, because I think, isn't Cinderella a, a French story? Yes. So it's definitely going to happen. Maybe Cinderella is like a Marie Antoinette analog. <laughs> Anyway, once inside, the, I guess, head servant, unclear who she is, confronts Cinderella is like, who are you? And so apparently she's way better at guarding the castle than the actual guards. That's good to know. And Cinderella's like, uh, I'm the royal uh, mouse catcher. Snap him and trap him. That's my motto. <laughs> and her casual reference to murdering mice clearly horrifies her mouse friends. <laughs> and the head serpent is like, I can assure you, we've never had a mouse in this castle. And I'm like, no, okay, I don't know about that. first of all, <laughs> BS, because every castle has mice. But they're everywhere, especially in those days. Like, no. And of course, Cinderella's mouse friends cause a commotion by throwing eggs and riding sausages around a kitchen. <laughs> Sorry. How do they pick up the eggs? They're very tidy. Well, they're very strong mice, Danielle. <laughs> Uh, and then the head servant goes ballistic with a broom and starts, like, swiping at them and smashing things, trying to, like, get them, and it gets completely Tom and Jerry'd, where she's knocked unconscious with a pot on her head, and Cinderella's just like, I guess you do need my help. I'll just go get those mice, and just casually walks off, leaving this unconscious woman in the kitchen. <laughs> so, again, Cinderella is not endearing herself to me. So they sneak into a hallway, and Cinderella tells the mice they should split up to find the prince faster. And this is stupid on just so what many levels. What are the levels. mice gonna do about it when they find <laughs> Exactly! <them? laughs> like, First, they can't communicate while apart. So if the mice do find the prince, they're not going to be like, like, radio Cinderella and say, like, breaker, breaker, we found him. He's in the East Wing. Like, that's not going to help. And then also, 
uh, assuming they find the prince first and can't contact Cinderella, it's like the mice can talk to the prince, I assume. Like, I don't know how this works, but they like, they're just mice. What are they going to do about it? Like, this is pointless. So, like, they're not going to get anything done by splitting up. Yeah, that seemed like an odd choice. Because if they found him, they'd have to go all the way back through, find Cinderella, then take her all the way back to the prince. Danielle, have you predicted this movie? <laughs> I wrote here, they can't just tell the prince, yo, your real love is sneaking around the castle somewhere. Just a warning, trust us, we're semi-literate mice. Like, <laughs> no one in their right mind would take that seriously. I don't know, talking mice, you might at least kind of like, sort of believe them. <laughs> yeah, but you would freak out. <laughs> and I want to say that I was very prescient in this moment, and it's disturbing. <laughs> so we cut to the prince, fencing with his dad, arguing about who to marry, and why you marry somebody. The the king insists you marry someone for breeding and ref- and their refinement, not their choice in transparent footwear, which is totally fair. I think that's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that's a good reason to marry somebody, but it's better than their choice of transparent footwear. <laughs> well, that's what I'm getting at. Like, he's, he's saying you, you marry them because of them, not because of their footwear. Right. And the prince rejoins, like, it's about the girl, not the footwear. She's the one, even though I know nothing about her, not even her name or apparently what her face looks like. <laughs> body shape or skin color or anything anything and the king is like you think there's only one girl who wears a size four and a half shoe and I'm like the king here is making the best points four and a half is very tidy is it your p i don't know the difference it, it sounds like again doll's feet i think the girl has doll's feet and that's sort of like part of it like if the shoe fits on a child then what then like that can't be good apparently the prince can't tell the difference so it doesn't matter Ugh. If the king was smart, he'd just pull literally anybody out that he wanted the prince to marry and be like, this was the girl. <laughs> yeah, right. He'd be like, oh, yeah, you convinced me. <laughs> she just happens to also be the uh, princess of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> How coincidental. And so the prince says it's all he has to go on. But like, she has a face. <laughs> you can have a sketch done or just look at people's faces. Is everyone in this movie infected with an alien brain parasite that erases the concept of faces from their minds? Yes. It's crazy, Danielle. I can't, like, it's all you have to go on. You spend hours with this woman and all you have to go on is like, oh, she has feet. <laughs> crazy. And I know this is a problem from the first movie, but at least in that movie, they kind of like gloss over it really quickly so you don't really pay attention to it. Like, it's a major plot point of this movie and it does not work. They seem kind of like self-aware that's an issue too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, really, every like quote-unquote villain in this movie is right. Like everyone who's like the contrary, like the the, the spoil sport is actually right and the prince and and Cinderella are totally wrong about everything, as is the fairy godmother who... Who cares? She's stone. Maybe that's why they're meant for each other. <laughs> so anyway, Prince Charming waxes poetical about how the king found true love with his wife at the touch of a hand. And this whole family is dumb because apparently true love is always instant and there's no other way to find a relationship or marry, especially in these times when marriages were all about political advantage. <laughs> so trumpets Blair and Prince Charming goes off to meet the girl of his dreams, presumably, just as the mice spot him and are in as useless a position as I predicted. Well, yeah, they can't talk to him and they don't have to do anything. So we cut to the stepsisters and stepmother waiting in a grand hall. The prince busts in, sees Anastasia, and is immediately put off. Despite the slipper fitting, he states, it would appear that more than one girl actually fits the slipper. And I don't see how this is a surprise to him. (laughs) Because they only make shoes in so many sizes. (laughs) Or apparently it's like, I thought every shoe was custom fit to the person, and it was impossible to put it on anyone else's foot. 
Ugh, so Anesthesia is very upset and begins to cry as the prince leaves. So I guess he does recognize her, but apparently the only way he thought to, like, identify the group or, like, I don't know, cohort of girls who he could find his true love in was by shoe selection. This seems very uh, counterintuitive. Right. Why not, like, they had a whole ball where every girl in the kingdom was invited. Just do that again. Like, it worked the first time. Or at least narrow it down. Like, this is what the girl looked like. Could we try them on in the shoes of, like, people who look like this? <laughs> Because, again, he clearly demonstrates he has some idea of how to recognize Cinderella. But I guess, and this is just speculation based on how the rest of this movie goes, I don't think his recognition is based on, like, her face. It's based on, like, a feeling in his gut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, it doesn't feel like Cinderella. I'm going face blindness. I think that explains a lot. <laughs> okay. And so as the... Prince is leaving poor Anastasia behind. The evil stepmother casts a spell on him to make him forget who he danced with and marry Anastasia instead. Or specifically, the girl who fits the slipper, which I thought would be a nice little loophole that would come up later in the spell. It doesn't. (laughs) So that's disappointing. But the best part is as the spell takes hold, the prince goes, wait, hold the trumpet. And he turns around and is like, oh, you are the person I I danced with. Let's get married. (laughs) So, yay for magic brainwashing, I guess. I hope Anastasia's happy. So now the prince gets down on one knee and proposes. Anastasia grabs the ring, but clumsily drops it and chases it around in some unnecessary slapstick, but eventually gets the ring on and accepts the proposal. The mice, Jacques and Gus, observe this and are like, we have to go find Cinderella. So I guess splitting up just means they have to go spend more time searching for two people instead of just one. Exactly. Wouldn't it be funny if this movie just followed Anastasia the rest of the time she lived happily ever after and Cinderella did not? Yeah, I'm kind of like hoping that was the case. Like, oh, it'd be great if Anastasia married the prince, got power, banished or like beheaded her evil mother and sister who are like legitimately jerks and just like, cool, Cinderella can have the old mansion and live there. I'm just going to hang out with my prince and we're going to have just like a grand old time. Like, which would just prove that happily ever after isn't real. It's just that you have money and power. You can make yourself happy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Disney was going to do that for Cinderella 3. (laughs) No, but it's a good lesson for children to learn. It's not about like your good heartedness or your character. It's just about if you happen to have the right circumstances and get money and power, you can be happy. Can you imagine if you're like watching that with your children at home and you're like, Wait a second. They'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, well, I guess it's better they learn from Disney than from life when it hits them in the face with it in like 10 years. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be a great movie. I would do that. You would do that. <laughs> I would do that. Anyway, Cinderella is wandering around the palace with a butterfly net because she's pretending to want to catch the mice. I don't know if that's the best way to catch a mouse. Uh, But she's a real mouse catcher, Danielle. Don't question yeah, it. That's not the worst way to catch a mouse. I've caught many a mouse. <laughs> I know you have, Danielle, but never with a butterfly net, I presume. No, I've never done it with a butterfly net, so who am I to talk? Maybe you could be the royal mouse catcher and set yourself up as the new Prince Charming bride-to-be. I'm good, thanks, though. Uh, that's too bad, because you could live happily ever after. He apparently doesn't care who you are, <laughs> what you look like. That's why I don't want to marry the prince. <laughs> like I said, just get the power, Danielle, and then you can like get yourself a consort, and the prince can just be a figurehead while you have all the power. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be fun. Or I wouldn't mind having the house, the manor house, all to myself. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, this palace is surprisingly empty. Like, there's nobody in this palace but Cinderella and, like, the immediate family. And I'm guessing it's mostly animation cost analysis, that they just didn't want to spend money animating more characters in this movie. I imagine so. But it makes everything look super creepy and empty, so that's fun. (laughs) It's like a a weird alternate reality where they've done, like, magic into, like, a holodeck or something, where it's only them. (laughs) But who does Cinderella just happen to bump into while wandering around the palace? 
It's her family, fresh from seeing the prince. Oh, of course. And the cat Lucifer is also with them for some reason. They brought their cat. <laughs> Reasons. They thought they were moving into the palace. <laughs> oh, I thought they'd get married first and then move, but what do I know? Well, they don't travel without Lucifer. The wicked stepmother is surprisingly attached to Lucifer. <laughs> Maybe it's her emotional support cat. Well, he is a dick, so yeah, probably. Her husband did die. Yeah, but she didn't care about him. <laughs> she did kind of seem to have married him. Well, it depends on the versions. Sometimes she's I'm married him for money. Version. Sometimes she actually loved him. <laughs> and then becomes just a, an evil person later. But either way, point is, I don't think so. So the cat starts to sniff out Cinder like a dog, but is called away by the wicked stepmother just before he actually finds her. So no conflict, actually. The movie just continues to be uneventful. Well, that's good, I guess. Then the prince walks by. Just everyone's like, bumping, like this must be the smallest castle in the world. <laughs> He's not a very rich prince. They didn't actually tell you that in the original. <laughs> Small town. <laughs> yeah, right. And Cinderella walks up to him giggling, like, hi, do you remember me? I believe we danced last night at the ball. <laughs> and the prince is like, uh, maybe you've mistaken me for some other prince, which is hilarious. <laughs> you know, the other princes that were at the ball. Because she is like immediately like, oh yeah, he'll definitely recognize me if I giggle at him hard enough. And he's like, uh, I don't know who you are, creepy lady. And I'm like, yeah, I'll teach you, Cinderella. What a choice, Cinderella. Cinderella then drops the net and they both reach down for it and their hands touch and their eyes meet. But then the prince's eyes flash green from the spell, like the green magic light. And he's like, oh... The girl I was dancing with was great. I'm going to marry her tonight. Uh, she's not you. It's Anastasia. <laughs> and Cinderella's like, what? Huh? What? That doesn't make any sense. And she's very confused by this. And honestly, from her perspective, she should be relieved if the guy she loves can't tell the difference between her and Anastasia. <laughs> but she hasn't thought that far about it, Sam. She hasn't thought at all about it is the problem. She doesn't think. Because <laughs> she doesn't know about the magic yet. I assume she will at some point. Oh, obviously. But at this point, she's like, oh, gosh, she just doesn't recognize me. And doesn't mean Anastasia. Maybe he's not such a good guy. <laughs> but before Cinderella can say anything else, the head servant comes back and drags her away. The head servant takes Cinderella to a basement room with what look like giant wine casks. So clearly they know how to party at this castle. Clearly. And tells her to get this castle rodent-free for the wedding that night and leaves. So Cinderella starts to cry. Then the mice show up. And then they reenact the entire movie up to this point in, like, fast forward. Why? So the mice are, like, explaining the movie to Cinderella. Like, hey, there's a your fairy godmother. They have the wand. And he did the magic. Oh, and now the it. prince is magic. And it's just, like, the, the whole movie again for Cinderella. So, like, what we just saw, but now for Cinderella's benefit. Does it actually show the scenes or do the mice just enact it? No, it's all, like, pantomime. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. And Cinderella just accepts all of it. Like, oh yeah, magic. Totally got it. And I, I guess I love talking to animals. I'd be more open-minded to weird stuff too. But yeah, she goes from zero to, oh yeah, that totally explains everything just immediately. So Cinderella is now determined to get the wand and I guess do something with it. Unmagic the prince. Unclear. Yeah, you don't need any special skills. So get that wand, yeah, I mean, Cinderella. You really don't. So we cut to the wicked stepmother talking to the Grand Duke, who assures her he has his wedding totally under control. He leads him to another Grand Hall, like there's lots of Grand Halls in this palace, <laughs> with what must be a 15-foot-tall wedding cake. And Drizella and Anastasia immediately run up to it, and Drizella just like takes a swipe, like a handful out of the cake and starts shoving it into her face, just immediately attacking that cake. <laughs> and then Anastasia smells some roses and starts sneezing and sneezes them all across the Duke. And the wicked stepmother's like, remove those roses. Anastasia's health is delicate. And clearly this is all just padding for the 73-minute runtime of this movie. Yeah, with credits. <laughs> Lucifer then climbed upon the banquet table and starts just walking down the food, which is, I guess, very cat-like. <laughs> it is. Lucifer 
for such a jerk face, too. Yep. And then Drazilla starts scarfing down food from the table, just, like, shoving pastries and hors d'oeuvres into her face. The weird thing is, is these, like, two kids live in a pretty wealthy household, give or take. I mean, even if it's, like, They're not, like, starving orphans like Oliver. They just apparently have no patience on shoving food into their face. And they're both raised to be, like, to to show in society, so I assume both of them know how to use forks, but yeah. I mean, Lucas' stepmother constantly says, like, poison refined, like, reminds them to be poison refined, but they just don't listen to her. (laughs) And it's like, maybe she's not abusing them enough. (laughs) Maybe she actually, like, magic two little piglets into children and raised them as her own. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's crazy. Obviously, whatever she's doing, it doesn't work, and it's wild. So Anastasia calls Drizella a pig, and they start to fight, and by literally, like, spitting food on each other, like, out of their mouths, and it's so gross. And then they engage in a full-on food fight, hucking food back and forth. And just then, the prince and the king walk into the middle of this as a giant cake comes tipping over and falls over. The biggest stepmother blames the duke, and the king totally just buys that. It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna kill you, duke, if you don't get this cleaned up and fix everything. And he bustles off to do that. Ouch. The prince introduces Anastasia to the king, and then suggests they have a dance. Because now seems like a good time for a dance, I guess? Like an impromptu right now dance? He just wants to dance with uh, Anastasia. Like, hey, Anastasia, you want to dance? Okay, sure. So we cut to yet another giant hall, and the prince preparing to dance with Anastasia, who is still wearing one glass slipper and one regular shoe. Do they have like a whole band there to play? You have like, yeah, like a four-piece orchestra or whatever. <laughs> it's like they just have them in one of the closets. They like pull them out for such an event. <laughs> I don't know, Danielle. It's movie. Just like, all right, we're not going to have a, Remember all the stuff you like from the first movie? There was a dance. We'll put a dance in this one too. <laughs> Wild. Are other people there? Is it just them? Just them. Interesting. It's so weird. Recreating the magic. Uh, not really. (laughs) Anastasia claims not to dance much, but the prince is like, oh no, that's how we first met. Remember? And when he takes her hand, his face drops, and clearly something he's feeling is off. So the blue Danube waltz starts to play, and they dance. Anastasia instantly starts stepping all over his feet, repeatedly. Then she follows and tear off one of the prince's epaulets at the very end of the song. <laughs> the Grand Duke from the balcony, watching with the king, is freaking out from this disaster. The king actually looks on wistfully as if to say, Aw, my son clearly loves this adorable klutz. I'm like, he's <laughs> biting to this really fast. <laughs> So the prince helps Anastasia up and she babbles about how she doesn't know what's wrong with her. And she's also truly sad and pathetic how like low her self-esteem is. It is really sad. I genuinely feel bad for her. (laughs) Way worse than I feel for like Cinderella. Cinderella, I don't feel bad for her at all. Anastasia needs to like marry like mid-level where people don't expect her to do too much, but she gets a little pampered. (laughs) That would be ideal. Yeah, for her. Somebody just like really likes her. Just yeah. for who she is. Exactly. Well, hey, you've uncovered the message of this movie, Danielle. <laughs> Woohoo! So the Grand Duke comes up to take the prince away for his fitting. Anastasia is clearly falling for the prince as she says, He was nice to me. Oh, that's sad. It's maybe the first person who ever has shown her any kindness, I think. It's depressing. It's so depressing, Danielle. Like, I'm not excusing their behavior towards Cinderella, as I said before, but they are clearly suffering. <laughs> so Drizella just goes, that's because he's under a spell. He'd have to be to fall for you. But Anastasia just dismisses her. And the king calls Anastasia in for a solo audience. How come the stepmother um, Didn't do chose Drizella? Anastasia? Yeah. <laughs> Um, because she had me first in the chair when the fitting happened, I guess. <laughs> just like Russian roulette with children. Honestly, Drizelle would have been a better choice because she seems more on board with the wicked shenanigans. Exactly. I think she's just a little more competent. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite the right word. 
more in the same mold as her stepmother, less exactly. kind-hearted at the core, maybe. And a little more full of herself, so I think she probably wouldn't be trampled down quite as hard by the mistakes. Yeah, probably. So we get to the prince walking with the Grand Duke through some more massive halls. This castle is nothing but just enormous halls and, and whatever. I can't fathom the layout. It's like a, a, an Escher painting or something. <laughs> with no people. None. None whatsoever. It's creepy empty. <laughs> Like, they're like 70 foot tall halls, like ceilings, and it's, it's wild. Maybe they don't have a lot of people in this town. Apparently, not. Uh, if they didn't have that many people, he should be able to find Cinderella pretty easily. <laughs> you would think so, but he doesn't know what she looks like, Sam. <laughs> oh, right. That's the big problem. And it could have been from neighboring towns. They just don't know. So the prince states something's wrong. He's having doubts that it was actually Anastasia. When he touched her hand, he felt nothing. So that's like what's making him feel weird. It's not that she doesn't look like someone. Just like when I touched her hand, I didn't feel a spark. Because apparently the entire royal family makes all the decisions based on just like ineffable feelings from single hand touches. This might be why they don't make it very long as the royal family. We can only hope. <laughs> Meanwhile, the king is walking with Anastasia and he derides her dancing, but apparently his presumably late wife was also a dreadful dancer, but he took good care of her heart, so it's okay. And so that endears him to Anastasia. And the king then takes out a fine box and opens it up to reveal a seashell. And he gives it to Anastasia and the seashell is his most prized possession because he and the queen found it when they first met. They both reached for it at the same time and their hands touched and that's when they knew it was true love. Because again, apparently the litmus test for true love is touch their hand. If you don't immediately feel something, they're not meant to be. I'll Discard them. I'll try and keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Like, my lesson about how your position in life is based on luck and not value of your work or or merit is a better lesson than just go around touching people's hands and if they don't immediately spark joy in you discard them like you're Marie Kondo <laughs> so anyway I think this movie has a terrible message is all I'm saying <laughs> obviously I like the idea that if you just took Cinderella out of this movie it's like an underdog story of Anastasia trying to like find her true love exactly <laughs> Cinderella is the worst part of this movie <laughs> So Anastasia is like, you knew all that just from a touch? And the king goes, there's no more powerful force in this world than true love. And I'm like, well, this is just setting impossible expectations. I, that's all Disney movies do for young children. I know. So I'm saying make them give realistic expectations that your work and effort don't really matter. <laughs> Better lesson, a more useful lesson, certainly. So after the king gives Anastasia the seashell, he just dismisses her. And she wanders outside practicing saying, I do, a whole bunch. Like, <laughs> oh, in preparation Anastasia. for her wedding. <laughs> I know, right? And then her attention is caught by some butterflies as she wanders outside onto, like, a balcony. And then she starts to sing because, oh, yeah, this is a musical I forgot. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a song. Yeah. She thinks about how there's finally someone to love her and be kind to her. And the song lasts for about 10 seconds. So I guess the musical premise isn't very important, nor Anastasia's feelings. No. Has she met <laughs> another nice gentleman yet on the, the campus here? There are no here? other gentlemen in this movie, Danielle. <laughs> Literally. The only other characters are like guards. And That's so sad because I really feel like she should meet somebody else. Yeah, me too. But nope. <laughs> Maybe in Cinderella 4. Anastasia's Revenge. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was like trying to think of a good title, but I didn't get there fast enough. <laughs> uh, we got it, though. So we cut to Cinderella sneaking through the castle towards a door where green magic light is coming out of the keyholes. And it's amazing how everyone can just easily find everyone else in what must be the largest castle in the world based on the number of giant halls. Why is there green magic coming out of the keyhole? Well, we'll get to that, Danielle. <laughs> okay. I thought I missed something. 
<laughs> nope. One of Cinderella's bird friends is there too, because sure. And Cinderella's like, hey, bird, you go get the prince. And I'm like, how? It's a bird in a castle. What's it going to do? It's going to tweet at him until he follows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Headbutt him in the right direction. <laughs> this is wild, Daniel. This movie is so dumb. I can't understand it. Anyway, Cinderella peeks through the keyhole to find Drizella playing with the wand, which the wicked stepmother takes away. He's like, this is not a toy, and then locks it away in a cabinet. And Cinderella muses, I need to get that key into that dresser. I need to get in there. But how? I think she should just murder the stepmother. <laughs> like, she's going to just burst in there and stab her? Like, with what? She'd be overpowered immediately. <laughs> I don't know. The problem would be solved, wouldn't it? <laughs> It would never work, Daniel. There are two of them in there for one, and she'd immediately be overpowered. She's not a good fighter. <laughs> She's emaciated, remember? Oh, that's right. Forgot. Cinders. Yeah, that whole thing. But luckily, Gus and Jock, her mice friend, are like, yeah, yeah, we'll take care of it because Deus Ex Mousina, I guess. Yes, of course. I thought it deserved a better reaction than for Deus Ex Mousina, Danielle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> are you even paying attention? I am attention i was trying i was actually trying to visualize the steps that a mouse would go through to try and sneak in there i was like having a whole mental image in my <laughs> they head sneak under was- the door dan now they're mice <laughs> i know but then i was like mouse ninjaing and when they're in there and they're like trying to steal the key to get into the thing i was like imagining it i was deeply involved in this story sam <laughs> oh you're too I-, I didn't realize cinderella 3 a twist in time was so deeply engrossing to you <laughs> This is somehow both your kind of movie and my kind of movie. <laughs> it is that weird Venn diagram center uh, <laughs> segment that we have found, Danielle. <laughs> so, like, I was, just, I was deeply involved. I was trying to imagine the scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about to get there. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't laugh harder at your pun. <laughs> um, I put so much work into these, Danielle. <laughs> All I want is some recognition. I deeply apologize. Okay. Well, I'll I think focus we can move more on your this. birds. <laughs> okay, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, anyway, so uh, while the mice slip under the door, Anastasia walks around the corner, still practicing saying I do, but Cinderella hides behind a tapestry and then sends the mice in with a warning to avoid Lucifer. In the room, the wicked stepmother is arguing with Anastasia about how love is irrelevant compared to power, but Anastasia's like, I just want the prince to love me. I think he could. And she's having second thoughts about, like, this deception. So I should have gone with Drusilla. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the wicked stepmother did not make good choices. She can still do that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know, she can magic. still just change it up like what's another spell right exactly you're not stuck with anastasia just because you picked her first <laughs> apparently the wicked stepmother is the kind of person who makes a plan and sticks to it no matter what it seems dumb when you have i would like i'd be terrible with a magic wand because i would just do do-overs constantly and i also would be like man i could really use a drink all right hey look there you go <laughs> We'd be like 8,000 pounds and wouldn't be able to get off off the couch because we oh, have This moved. is like how my first thought of like the best way to use, you know, Star Trek transport technology is not to transport people around, but to like make it so you don't have to go to the bathroom anymore. You just transport that stuff away so you can oh, save yourself from time. <laughs> right? It's amazing. Like, oh, the laziness is what drives me, Danielle. That's, that's the thing's pretty obvious. <laughs> Anyway, the, the mice are to sneak around while this conversation is happening. They sneak past Lucifer. And during all of this, they accidentally set Lucifer's tail on fire by pushing into a <laughs> fireplace. And chaos ensues. The mice manage to snag the key and hide under a teacup. And the wicked stepmother's like, get 
housekeeping here to clean this up. And just then, Cinderella knocks on the door, wearing a bonnet and putting on a goofy, high-pitched voice going, housekeeping! <laughs> of course. And the wicked stepmother just, like, accepts this as like, sure, come on in, and puts Cinderella to work. And as soon as Cinderella bends down, she immediately goes, there's a lot of work to do here, maid. Right, Cinderella? And then pulls off her bonnet. So she was not fooled for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Cinderella in this version seems a bit more um, sneaky. It feels like she never got away with anything in the house, and here she's like i'm a mouse catcher i'm a maid i'm a, like yeah but she, like, she only gets away with it with complete morons like the with the castle staff and the prince like but i like that she thinks she's gonna get away with it she didn't try anything in the house that's true but her stepmother's clearly on top of things like does not buy it for a second so how did she even know that cinderella was in the castle i don't think she did she just recognized her because like, her disguise was pathetic it was but a she didn't recognize her in the ball but she recognizes her in the maid outfit i, I don't know danielle man this movie <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> you have questions, Danielle. I do not have answers. This movie doesn't have answers. The movie doesn't care, Danielle, about the answers. <laughs> Clearly. And so Cinderella immediately goes, I'm not going to let you get away with this. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> and the wicked stepmother goes, I already have. And I'm like, she's kind of right. Yeah, fair point. And then Cinderella goes, I don't think so, because dialogue is hard. <laughs> And then she yells at the mice to go because they have just snagged the wand. And she immediately draws everyone's attention to the mice sneaking the wand out of the room because (laughs) that's smart. (laughs) I know. So they all bolt for the door. And uh, as they leave, the wicked stepmother yells like, hey, stop that thief. Guards! But the mice have the wand. The mice have the wand. The mice have the wand, though, which is the weird part. So (laughs) So stopping Cinderella does nothing because the mice could just go hide the wand. Right, which I thought tough stuff too, but this movie did not think of that. <laughs> and the mice are right with the wand, and nor do they just give it to Cinderella, who is probably more agile and, and uh, who's larger than them at least, and, and probably can open doors and stuff, <laughs> or could use the wand. The wand to but stop th- everything. You just stop time or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they don't do that. They just run. And the mice actually manage to use the wand to turn Lucifer, who is chasing them, into a absolute horror of a Jack in the Box. <laughs> Like, it's a jack-in-the-box, but the head on it is just Lucifer's head in the jack-in-the-box. That's scary. It's grotesque. And also, apparently mice can also use the wand. Everything can use the wand! All they, go is, all they do is they do little mice, like, pigeon English, bippity-boppity-boo, and they're like, it does what they don't have to say a spell. They just say the magic word, and something happens. I guess it's psychic? I don't know. Mice language. Being a jack-in-the-box does not phase Lucifer, who just hops after them angrily, like a haunted toy. <laughs> it's, the best it's, character. It's absolutely, it's a, a horror show. Daniel, I swear. <laughs> See, this is a good one for post-Halloween. Still has Halloween vibes. I did not expect that, I'll be honest. So the mice then shrink Lucifer with a magic wand into like a tiny cat who's like a mouse size compared to them if they were human sized. Uh-huh. And the mouse are like, oh, look at the killing kitty. But it's still a cat and still kicks their butt because it has claws and teeth and they're mice. <laughs> and so Lucifer then chases them into a mouse hole. And then the mice run out of the mouse hole. And as Lucifer runs out of the mouse hole, the mice shoot it again with the wand and ugh. It's like a Cronenberg level of horror as one body part after another, Lucifer starts to expand and grow back again. Uh-huh. As Lucifer grows back into a life-size, uh, a Lucifer-sized cat, whatever his original size was, but is now trapped in the mouse hole because oh, the mouse no. hole did not grow. <laughs> then he died because, you know, he's trapped inside of a little squishy mouse hole. Yeah, he would die. He'd absolutely be, like, constricted <laughs> to death, but, you know, cartoon. So I guess he's just... Slips out of it later. Creepy. Meanwhile, the guards have trapped Cinderella in a room where she's barred the door. 
And then at this very same moment, the birds have also found the prince who is, again, practicing with a sword or getting fitted for clothes or something. Who cares? Doesn't matter. <laughs> and he's just totally chill with random birds like, hey, birds inside my castle. Cool. And they're like wearing bonnets and chirping at him. That's like pecking at his Why do they have bonnets on? Because the birds have bonnets in. Remember all the animals were clothes. Like the mice wore clothes in this movie. Because oh, Cinderella right, makes them little clothes. I forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's been a minute since I've seen Cinderella. Yeah. But the point is the prince is not put out by this. He's like, oh, little birds wearing clothes. How interesting. Does she like make the clothes around their wings so they can fly? I mean, they just wear little like scarves in their hats. They don't have actually like shirts and pants on. Okay. <laughs> And so the birds are like pulling at his sleeve like, okay, I guess I'll go with you. I mean, I probably would if a bunch of birds came up and started pulling me in one direction. I mean, I might too. I'd be able to be like, what the heck is going on? Yes, I'd be deeply concerned. He is not. He's like, no, he's like more game and just like, so like, okay, cool. This is why he and Cinderella may be a better match. Right. They're both kind of dingy. <laughs> <laughs> They're really dingy. So back in Cinderella's room, the mice throw the wand to Cinderella just as the prince approaches and she chants, lift the spell, let him remember. I guess anything is a spell if you just say it right or don't say it. <laughs> it's intention, Sam. It's just willing the, the wand to work. But just as she's about to say bippity-boppity, she gets interrupted before the boo by the guard who bursts into the room and sees her and sees the wand. You can't continue saying it. <laughs> Uh, I, they take the wand out of her hand. Oh, okay. So, no. Which is just like, A, bad timing. B, why they should have given her the wand a long time ago? Because she could have, I don't know, magic the door closed. That's or true. the guards away or any other numerous things. Stop time like you suggested. The point is, the wand is wasted on Cinderella, who has no imagination. <laughs> <laughs> the wicked stepmother at least has a plan. <laughs> The one movie where you're voting for the Wicked Stepmother. Oh, the one movie, that's true. But I, at least I think that Cinderella is not a great protagonist. Like, I'm rooting for Anastasia, who I'm rooting for. So the prince is like, uh, what's going on here? And Cinderella's like, you're under a magic spell. That's why you don't remember me. I'm really the one to dance with you, I promise. And as she reaches for his hand, they briefly touch. But she's dragged away, and the Wicked Stepmother's like, poor girl, clearly out of her mind. And the prince is like, I guess, I hope she's okay. I felt something when she touched my hand. And he just kind of goes with it, <laughs> despite the hand touch being apparently the magic signal for this family. <laughs> so he doesn't feel anything? He felt it, but he just, like, dismisses it. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> right? I'm like, this guy is not good. So the Wicked Stepmother then instructs the guards to put Cinderella on the next ship, leaving the kingdom and banish her as, as the prince sort of walks away and doesn't catch any of that. I'm like, there must be better ways to dispose of Cinderella. Like, really? This is so convoluted. Murder. Murder. I don't know. Chain her in a dungeon. <laughs> Lots of options. So. She loves to lock stuff up. Yeah, exactly. The prince goes to see the king and is like, hey, something's wrong. The king is like, Hey, you wanted the girl who fit the glass slipper. Now you have her. Like, what more do you want, guy? Make up your mind. <laughs> I gave you the opportunity and you are whiling it away. <laughs> He's like, you promised to marry somebody. You're not going to weasel away of a marriage again. And then the mice show up, uh, Gus and Jacques, and they get the prince's attention and started babbling at him. And even though he's a bit confused by the fact that talking mice just showed up, he's like, okay. And they lead him into a sewing room. Can you understand them? Yes. Why? Yes. <laughs> Apparently the mice just speak English or French or whatever. And they just chose not to talk to anyone else. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Look, take it up with Cinderella. 
who apparently has talking mice and didn't think, hey, that's a great way to make some money, talking mice. I mean, like People would pay to see that. I could get out of my wicked stepmother's you know, house with this. Do you think all animals can talk or it's just like the ones that have somehow been around her, like something's rubbed off? I don't know, Daniel. It raises so many ethical questions. <laughs> Serious, serious questions. As all talking animal movies do. Because Lucifer doesn't seem to talk. The horses that... Are... But they are sentient. They like clearly know what's going on right, and, and understand language. <laughs> Wild. Maybe they're just choosing, like you said, not to talk. But yeah, but then that goes back to like the fact that then they're being abused and you know used by humans, which just seems like something they would not stand for. Yeah, I like the idea that Lucifer actually can talk and has just chosen not to talk to Cinderella this entire time. I mean, that is a very like... cat thing to do. <laughs> Lucifer's a punk. <laughs> we just talk to anyone like humans. I like to talk to humans. They're not worth my time as a cat. He just like constantly like does stuff to her, and it's just like I'm not going to say anything to you. You're below me. <laughs> that is again very cat. It does. It makes Lucifer even a better character. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, the mice take the prince into the sewing room, and now he starts to question the concept of talking mice. He's like, oh, talking mice, how weird. Uh, but I guess I'll go with it. And the birds, like, are also in there. It's like the whole crew is there, and the mice start to reenact the plot again. <laughs> the prince doesn't seem to understand, so the mice start to sing the plot from the first Cinderella instead, and apparently that the prince could get. <laughs> You can always understand everything in music, Sam. So it's all about how Cinderella was the girl at the ball who danced with him. He's been duped. And this would be like the third time the plot's been recapped in this movie. So I think this movie thinks children are idiots <laughs> who can't keep a plot straight for 10 minutes. Well, as you said, maybe they just needed to pad it because it wasn't long enough. They were like 52 minutes. So they were like, well, what else could be add? <laughs> And I think I was like, we need more songs. What could they sing about? I don't know. The same plot again? Good idea. <laughs> so the mice tell him that Cinderella was on a ship about to be sent away and that he has to save her. The prince accepts magic immediately. It's like, oh yeah, under a spell, that would explain everything. That's why I didn't feel the magic touch with Anastasia. He's right. He's like, oh, I have to go find Cinderella. Like, he buys into this whole hog immediately and then after he leaves he pops back in for him to go thanks mice also love the song which i think is cute <laughs> so the prince rushes out past the king blabbering about how like i have to get the girl the talking mice said so the king distraught rushes after him is like hold up you're marrying anastasia like you made this deal you're talking nonsense i forbid you to take another step down these stairs and the prince in what must be the absolute best moment in this movie he just looked at the king blankly for a moment, glanced at the side, goes, okay, and then dives headlong out a window. <laughs> just like, boom, and it's like goofy as heck because the animation is not very well done. Just like, you see this little prince figure in like a frog jump pose out the window disappearing. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Well, and I have no idea how high up they are, but he is 100% dead. He's fine, Sam. I mean, he's fine, but he should be dead. There's no way. He's touched by magic, too. No, he's touched by insanity. It's great. It's so good. It's like, best comedic moment in the movie. They nailed that. Like, I don't know who animated that, but they got the timing and the look of everything perfect. So well done. <laughs> But we see that the prince had managed to climb down some vines that were outside the window and whistle for his horse and then makes a break for it, just slipping underneath the closing portcullis. So as he rides off, the king and the duke gather at the portcullis and the duke is like, I'll send the castle guard after him to retrieve him. And the king looks wistfully after him and is like, no, let him go. Let him go. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, what? Why is the king suddenly on board with this plan? <laughs> 
To be fair, what does it matter as long as he marries somebody? I guess, but like the, the prince is behaving very irrationally, blabbing about like talking mice. Like if I was a king, I'd be more worried about him like hurting himself out there, like his mental health or something. Yeah, but he doesn't seem concerned about that. No, he doesn't. He's just like the prince is out there alone riding a horse at breakneck speed, which is not safe. He could be attacked by brigands. He could be kidnapped. He could fall and die. But uh, king is like, nah, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Good. We then see the wicked stepmother who is watching all of this from the balcony. We then cut to Cinderella being put on a boat. And it's all very melancholy. She sings a brief reprise of her opening song about dream of a better life. But now it's sad because it didn't come true. So the stepmother is watching all of this happen, but doesn't go do anything about it? Nope. What? She knows that they're all going after Cinderella. She has a magic wand, but decides, I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> Why would you just not reverse that or something? Yeah, like Magic the Prince to forget about Cinderella again. That's nonsense. She has all this power and does not use it. Uh, so anyway, they lead Cinderella up onto the boat. The sail is unfurled and the boat sets off. The prince manages to spot the boat from what looks like a mile away on his horse and rides after it. And then he gets up on top of a cliff that overlooks the water and he jumps from his horse to the boat where he grabs a rope that is hanging from the mast and then slides over to one of the sails and grabs his knife in and slides down the sail like Errol Flynn style. <laughs> it's very dramatic. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the more interesting things he does in this movie. In fact, it's the only interesting thing he does in this movie. Ouch. I mean, in fact, he does very little else besides be, like, confused poor by magic. Prince Charming. Yeah, Charming. poor Prince does not have a name. <laughs> Sir Charming. Gosh, no. So he lands on the deck and walks up to Cinderella, and they are literally the only people on this boat. There are no deck cans, <laughs> there's no crew, there's no one sailing the boat. Like, this boat must be, like, an early self-driving car. It's sailing Maybe it's itself. magic. Maybe she used magic. Sam. No. No, not, she did not. Not Cinderella. I'm talking about the stepmother. Yeah, no, when she, I think like, she did it because she, if she was going to use magic, she would have used to stop the prince. She did not use magic. <laughs> this is just, again, my guess, animation choice to not draw anyone else in this movie. Right. This is the emptiest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> the prince walks up to Cinderella and goes, remember me? And I'm like, yeah, she remembers you. Do you remember her? <laughs> That's a real question. <laughs> and they clasp hands and the spell... Seems to be broken on the prince, since true love is the ultimate power, etc., etc. <laughs> and he goes down on one knee and says, will you marry me, Cinderella? And she corrects him like, no, no, it's Cinderella. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is crazy, because isn't Cinderella like a diminutive, a cruel nickname yes. for, for what her real name is, because she like covered in cinders? Yes. So does she have a real name? Like, she would know her own real name. <laughs> it's not Cinderella. Yeah. Why not correct him to her actual name, not the cruel nickname her <laughs> wicked, abusive step-parent gave her? Because that's very confusing to children watching this movie. <laughs> I know, but it's like, wow, like she's really internalized that abuse, Danielle. <laughs> crazy and also like she corrects him to the abusive nickname it's wild it's great so then we cut to the wicked stepmother who bursts into the room with her daughter's coin it's not over yet i'm thinking it really should be this movie even though it's short has already gone on way too long <laughs> so now she decides to do something about it not when they were all leaving the castle no and she explains how the prince went after cinderella anastasia lets out a most pitiful but i thought he loved me Aww. anyway they're just in time to see the prince ride back to the castle with Cinderella, and you know, he takes her off the horse, and the king gives her a big hug, and apparently just accepts Cinderella as a new one immediately. He's like, whatever, fine, forget about Anastasia, who I had this great heart-to-heart -heart talk with earlier, and gave her this seashell that was my most precious possession, but, eh, I'm not even concerned about her anymore, forget about her, I'm all about this blonde girl who just ran up on this horse. <laughs> 
wild. And then the king is like pointing up at the wicked stepmother, like sends the guard after them. Anastasia is freaking out about how the magic wasn't powerful enough to overcome their love. But the wicked stepmother is like, you want the prince to love you, don't you? And she replies, oh, more than anything. And the wicked stepmother still has the wand and then casts a mysterious spell as the guards burst in. All of the people, wicked stepmother, Anastasia, Drizella, they've all vanished, gone. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, the guards report to the king that they can't be found in the castle. And the king orders the whole kingdom search for the fugitives. And also, hey, the wedding's back on for tonight. Let's get going. <laughs> the different bride. It's going to be great, everybody. <laughs> I don't care who the bride is. Also, I don't care that there are dangerous, magical beings wandering around my castle causing shenanigans. We're going to have a wedding. <laughs> We're not postponing this a minute longer. <laughs> no. Or like, I don't concern that magic is real and potentially brainwashing your children <laughs> could be used to assassinate you. Like, these are concerns I would have as the king. Nope. None of that. Her son is finally getting married, Sam. Yeah. So we cut to Cinderella getting ready for the wedding. When the wicked stepmother appears in her chamber, she pulls up the wand and calls Anastasia in, who has been magic to look like Cinderella. That's one way to get around that, but also the most convoluted way. <laughs> the wicked stepmother goes, the prince will never know the difference. He'll be perfectly happy. And Cinderella leans in and goes, but will you, Anastasia? Will you be happy? And in real life, she would be like, heck yes, get out of here. <laughs> And Anastasia just says, I want what you had. And Cinderella asks, do you even love him? But then the wicked stepmother magics her away. Like, just poof, she's gone. And she appears inside a pumpkin, which starts to grow and twist into a weird, demented version of the pumpkin carriage from the original Cinderella. Uh-huh. And it has like these vine tentacles that snake out and wrap around a nearby horse, like tethering it to the carriage. The wicked stepmother then magics Lucifer into an evil coachman who leads Cinderella away on the carriage and is told like not to let them come back alive. And again, you could just murder her with magic if you wanted to. <laughs> it's, very, it's just everything seems like a, a really complicated plan. <laughs> right. Like, you have a magic wand that can do literally anything, and you choose to do this weird pumpkin gambit. It's crazy. Luckily, the mice are in there with her, and they climb out. Jacques attacks Lucifer, and Gus tries to pull the pin out of the carriage so, like, the carriage will detach and be, you know, set free. Also, Cinderella just, like, punches her way out of the side of the carriage because it's made <laughs> of pumpkin, and it's not a very sturdy material. <laughs> That seems like a hard thing to punch your way out of, but I do think you could probably dig your way out eventually. Uh, but she's apparently got super strength or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So then Cinderella managed to struggle and knock Lucifer off the carriage, and he lands in the lake and turns back into a cat for some reason. I guess water undoes the magic. <laughs> It's like the Wicked Witch of the West. I mean, I hate to bring this back up again, but like in the first movie, the magic had rules. We're like, yeah, it only lasts until midnight, which why? Because apparently this magic has no rules in this movie. No, it does not. So the fairy godmother just put like this time limit on the magic for fun. Like, I know, I'll give you a countdown clock just to screw with you, Cinderella. It's funnier if you have a, if you have a ticking clock. Well, maybe she was trying to like, because she had put herself in charge of all the magic, apparently in this entire kingdom world, yeah. she uh, decided there needed to be some strict, strict rules that she would follow <laughs> I, if so she made it the dumbest rules <laughs> but anyway the carriage is careening towards the cliff but all of them jump off onto the horse just in time as the carriage goes over the cliff but the horse stops just at the edge cinderella then turns the horse back to the castle and goes well i'm not going to miss my own wedding and heads back towards the castle I feel bad for anastasia well you're about to feel worse <laughs> Back in the castle, the king is standing with Anastasia come Cinderella, saying how happy she is that his son has found love. And Anastasia is clearly having misgivings about the plan, since she doesn't actually love the prince, which 
was determined by touching their hand, according to them. Because she's like, you know about love on touching the hand, which is brought up again here. And she didn't feel it. So she's like, I guess I don't love him. But I'm like, <laughs> is that the only metric for love you guys have? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Crazy metric. <laughs> and also, like, maybe you can marry him anyway and just be happy. It's wild. That's not how Disney movies work, Sam. Nope, apparently not. So the wedding march starts to play as they walk down the aisle. As she approaches the altar, the wicked stepmother and Drizella are watching from behind the curtain. Anastasia is obviously just getting more and more unhappy with the deception. Cinderella rushes up to the castle, but is stopped by the guards just as she reaches the door, because I guess they can't tell she's Cinderella either, because everyone in this castle has face blindness. <laughs> like the idea, they're like, huh, that's weird, he looked just like the person he's getting married to. And they're like, well, whatever, maybe a long-lost evil twin, we'll just keep you out. <laughs> actually do our job as guards for once. Apparently, this is the only time they actually do their job. Did she try to go in the uh, back way with the... No. The mice distract the guards enough for her to slip by them. (laughs) Well, that works too. So they do that just as the I do's are being reached in the wedding. And Anastasia hesitates and then goes, I don't. (laughs) Just as Cinderella slips by the guards and approaches the altar. And she's like, I do, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. And... At this moment, the wicked stepmother bursts out from behind the curtain and is like, What are you doing? We had a plan. Did <laughs> she say that to Cinderella? No, she says that to the Anastasia. Anastasia. <laughs> yeah. And Anastasia goes, I want someone to love me for me. And the guards rush the wicked stepmother, but she still has the wand, which nobody has figured out how to resolve. So she just starts turning them into like chickens and pigs and whatnot because magic. I just like the idea that she was yelling that in Cinderella because that would have been like, what are you not following my plan for, Cinderella? No, that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> It'd be funny though. It would fit with the character of the movie making <laughs> exactly. no sense. Exactly. So the Wicked Stepmother then aims the wand at Cinderella, but Anastasia gets in front of her and is like, no. And she's like, oh, perfect. I two for one. And she's about to cast a magic bolt at them. But just as she does... Is she going to, like, kill her own daughter? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ouch. So just as she's about to do that, the prince leaps in front of them with his sword drawn, and the sword reflects the magic bolt back at the magic stepmother, because apparently that's how magic works in this world. Yes, of course. Uh, (laughs) The blast hits the wicked stepmother and Drizella, transforming them to toads back at their old house. So back at the courtyard in the old house where Cinderella was living. Bummer. Yeah, they're gone. Meanwhile, the prince and Cinderella (laughs) clasp hands as Anastasia retrieves the wand and undoes her own transformation. So she's back to being regular Anastasia. So he's not, like, at all confused by any of this? Nope. And so Cinderella goes up to Anastasia, gives her a big hug, takes the wand, and then magics the fairy godmother back into existence. Because, yeah, sure, why not? (laughs) Somebody with some rules. (laughs) So Anastasia tries to get the shell back to the king, but he's like, no, everyone deserves true love. You can keep it. Aww. I know. So the fairy godmother offers to return them to their former lives, and Cinderella and the prince are like, wait. What are you talking about? She's like, oh, you've already been married. Oh, you know what? Never mind. Just forget it. <laughs> and so she just leaves the timeline just all kinds of janked up because of this. It's like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. It's fine. They're being married again. Who cares about all the other weird things that happened during this movie? She just leaves this timeline. <laughs> she, just leaves, she doesn't undo anything else. Everything else that happened remains as it happened in this new timeline. This is like, That's wild. Why? <laughs> this is like in Back to the Future 2 when they like find Biff World or whatever. Crazy. Why would you just leave this timeline existing? She's like, yeah, I guess it all worked out. They're getting married again. So I guess it's all the same end. So the means don't matter. It's ridiculous. She takes a whole year of their life away, basically. That's crazy. A whole year just wiped out. (laughs) 
I swear, the fairy godmother is really the evil one here. She should not be trusted <laughs> with that magic. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I can't believe it doesn't go back to the original timeline. Nope. She's like, I guess we're just going to pick up where we left off. A year of our lives, a whole year we lived together, erased from existence. <laughs> wild so cinderella and the prince marry and kiss again we cut to the castle with fireworks going off and cinderella's narration returns with and they lived happily ever after again but not anastasia because we don't know what happens to her <laughs> i would like to think that she doesn't turn into a toad or you know have she doesn't to work turn into a, a toad she's just, yeah who knows <laughs> so we cut to the credits where we see a bunch of paintings of characters from the film some as spoofs of famous paintings like the scream and in one of the paintings anastasia is being appears to be being courted by like the baker the castle baker because he's giving her a cupcake so i like to imagine that she did get a happy ending oh, after all good. <laughs> that's what she needs <laughs> yes she deserves it and then we get a mid credit scene where the wicked stepmother and drusilla turn back into humans from being toads for Why? some reason don't know <laughs> Uh, but they're dressed as servants now, and they're holding brooms, and they freak out and toss the brooms away. The end. <laughs> okay. There's also a really weird pop song playing during the during the credits. That's like you know all about love and and happiness and whatnot. It's like it's not good. That's why we don't put char- Sam in charge of uh, romantic movies, everybody. <laughs> no, it's a song that like the lyrics are like "Believing in Love." It's not good. It's not a good pop song. Like I don't mind love songs, but like it's very phoned in. <laughs> And I don't expect anything else from a direct-to-VHS sequel to a sequel to a movie. <laughs> sequel to a sequel. Well, yeah, that so was that is something. Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. <laughs> that was everything we thought it might be and more. Actually, it was everything I thought it would be but less because I expected more time travel. Like, I wanted to see like more time traveling. <laughs> Like, I want to see, like, like a butterfly effect type thing where they change something in the past and they go back to the present. Like, oh, oh, now the Cinderella is no longer marrying the prince or whatever. See, I wanted the, the stepmother to, like, use that wand way more than she did. She, oh, yeah. She underutilized it entirely. She should have done redos. That actually probably would have been a pretty funny movie, especially for the first quarter of it. If she just kept doing, like, no, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would make a lot more sense. She's like, oh, uh, rewind, try again. Oh, rewind, try again. That'd be a much better movie. <laughs> Also, in the opening description I gave you, Danielle, do you remember what that first line was? I don't. I can look. Yes, do. What if the slipper didn't fit? Not, a, not, not something that happened in this movie. <laughs> I guess they're saying, like, what if Cinderella was not the one that got chosen? That's not what it says, though. <laughs> I know, but I think that's, like, the euphemism or the, the thought behind it. I know, but I think it's, uh, cause I think it'd be a way more interesting premise to like, if the slipper didn't fit Cinderella, like, what that, what like, if the prince didn't find anyone who fit the slipper, would he be like, well, I guess we're just not finding the girl, or would he try to find her a different way? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that at all. He probably would have gotten married to whoever his father picked out. Yeah, way more interesting movie. Anyway, there you go. Cinderella 3, Twist in Time. It makes magic into a ludicrous thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's crazy. The Wicked Stepmother, as the most competent person in the movie, still not competent enough to use the magic properly. And the Fairy Godmother, perhaps a tyrant of magic who, you know, stole the magic and has been using it to disguise herself as a kindly little lady for millennia. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad way to kill 70 minutes if you got the time. <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. I mean, I don't know what else we can say about that movie. It is what it is. I do want the origin story of the fairy godmother, though. That's just why. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that would be like the more interesting. If it were like Cinderella 4, Anastasia's Revenge, she goes back in to find this the fairy godmother and how she came to be and how like she messed everything up by, you know, interfering with Cinderella and then with all the other shenanigans she caused. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, Disney, if you're listening, make that happen and give us a big old balloon payment bonus for coming up with that idea. Yeah, we had several ideas in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially about making realistic morals for children in movies. <laughs> It's very marketable, I'm sure. Well, if you out there have a moral you'd like to see a children's movie give, like a real true-to-life moral, not the BS fairy tale morals, uh, you can let us know at bookretorts.com. You can also tweet Instagram or Facebook us at bookretorts. Yes. And if you want more of our shenanigans, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bookretorts. Patreon! Yes. But until <laughs> next time, bye. Take care, everybody. The time travel doesn't get undone. That's so weird. What an odd choice. I did not see that coming. I don't know that even Cinderella 3 can surprise you, Danielle. <laughs> I really just assumed she'd put the original timeline back or something. Or at least like the original timeline back and they'd still remember maybe that they had the weird other timeline. Yeah, but uh, nope. Fair enough. I was like, nah, I don't care that much. Can you imagine how much of their relationship must have been developed in the past year and now they have to start from yes! scratch? <laughs> yes! Crazy. Like, maybe they have like children on the way or something. <laughs> yeah, like easily. She could easily be pregnant. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs>